Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're on Inverse and we want to ask you to, what do you, we ask you, what do you think of the new set? This we're like halfway through our quarter and uh, visit our social media channels and let us know what you think about the new table, the new backdrop and all these cool things that really, I feel, really impact our conversation. Mm. And those who we, I've been having conversation with this quarter is Israel and Jonathan and Siku. Hey guys. Hi. And you guys are also joining us, whether it's through TV or video or through podcasts or whatnot. We are studying the concept of God first. And so we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, download the Bible study guide there, and you can follow along. And we're about halfway through our quarter, our 13 weeks. And if you're wondering what in the world have you guys covered thus far, you can go to hopetv.org slash inverse and also binge watch the last five years that Inverse has been <laughs> on air. We praise the Lord uh, for this opportunity and experience and thank you to you guys and also our two other friends who are not on this episode. Uh, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 12 and talk about uh, some principles that the Bible lays out. Uh, and on this episode, we're looking at two characters of Jeroboam and Hezekiah. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to uh, and look at the last episode and where we talked about Ahaz. It's kind of a continuation of, of that lineage, of that family line. Uh, so, Jonathan, can you pray for us? And we'll get started in Scripture. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you that you are a God who cares about our understanding of your word. Mm -hmm. You don't leave us alone when it comes to that. And so we want to acknowledge that and we want to thank you that you have provided um, the Holy Spirit to give us insight, understanding as we study. I pray that you bless us here, everyone watching and listening as well, whether it's now live or on recording. Uh, we pray that it will just transform our lives and make a difference. So help us to understand um, what we need to know from these narratives today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's go to Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible. I'm not in Deuteronomy, chapter 12. As you hear our Bibles going back and forth. And verse 5. And Israel, can you read from vice, verse 5 onwards, please? Deuteronomy, chapter 12, and verse 5. It says, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place. And there you shall go. There you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave of offerings of your hand, your vowed offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. And there you will eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to, to which you have put your hand you and your households in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Okay, we'll stop there. Um, Siku, we've been talking about different forms of giving, different types of commitment in giving, not just giving in terms of monetary gifts and offerings, but also our lives. Uh, what are some episodes that, that uh, we've, we've covered different angles, but what are some that, some that you remember from this quarter thus far? Mm. Um, of course, the first one. Mm -hmm. I think that was my favorite so far. Mm -hmm. um, just talking about God as a giver. Probably um, the most theological, most philosophical of the ones that mm -hmm. we've covered. Those yeah, which yeah. is kind of my favorite. <laughs> <level>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I really appreciated that just as a foundation. Yep. Um, and then the one that uh, surprised me in how much I enjoyed it was the one about Noah. 
um, just seeing his giving from a different perspective. You know, I never thought of Noah's story that way, um, that it was actually him giving his whole life to God for preparation for, you know, the present truth that was there for them at that time. So just, I think that one really impacted me too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think my favorite episode is probably the one on vows, uh, where Jacob, in response to God's goodness, I mean, he makes a decision and like, you know, this, this concept of the vow, we don't, often don't, don't, don't mm. dwell upon long enough. Um, so, so here we see that all this giving, uh, this principle of giving and the place to which the giving goes to is established early on in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Mm -hmm. It says here in verse 5, that of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place and there you shall go. Jonathan, can you give us more insight on what, what this really means and entails? Mm -hmm. So we see that uh, the way God set up the, the people of Israel um, is, you know, as they were traveling through the desert, they had the sanctuary, mm -hmm. which was the place where God, you know, met with his people through the worship service, the, the, the sacrifices, the offerings, different services that took place there daily and, and yearly. Mm -hmm. um, this is where were, were it all connected, heaven and earth connected. Mm -hmm. And um, as they were moving into their permanent, <laughs> you know, residential area, <laughs> which is, you know, Israel, uh, they, you know, um, they would have, again, a central place, the, the, the sanctuary. At first it was a tent, and then later on, you know, David put in his heart, I want to build a temple, and then Solomon built a temple. And, and that became the place of, of worship. It became the place of gathering um, to, for, for various kinds of services, uh, sacrifices, for returning tithe and offerings. And it's a very um, involved thing. You know, to, nowadays we sit in church and it's, it's in a way a little sterile. You know, you're like you give your offerings and so on, but the, back then it was very involved. You're, you're part of this whole process. And then you eat together, there's fellowship. It's, it's a joyful thing too, there's celebrations. Uh, so these are th this is what God had intended for His people, mm -hmm. and part of that was you know as people responded to God's grace, they would show you know their faith in Him by returning to the storehouse in order to provide for that um, not only for the worship service but also for the passing on of knowledge uh, to the next generation because the Levites and the priests they were teaching you mm -hmm. know uh, the, the the generations uh, in Israel. Mm -hmm. So really, God set up this system, this church system. Uh, for his people uh, here in Deuteronomy, mm -hmm. and uh, it involved, it was very all-encompassing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and what God set up, uh, in my mind, has like kind of almost two components. Yeah. There's one component, it's just full-on surrender yes. and worship to God. You know, you mm -hmm. give and give offerings, and that's just between you and God, and mm -hmm. it's your form of, of, of a personal thanks and, and, and homage to God. And then at the same time, there's also the mechanical usage of that. I mean, mm -hmm. the tithe was used for uh, the personnel, the, the Levites, and, and the sustenance of that one tribe, the 13th tribe, if you will, mm -hmm. that had no uh, income whatsoever, and they were totally sustained by, by this. Yes. Um, and often when those two things are separate, yeah, but they are, when we, when we cross wires on that, we can get kind of into dangerous ground, mm -hmm. right? That my, my offering, my, my tithe, what emphasis on my, mm -hmm. goes to support mm -hmm. these people who serve me. Mm -hmm. We can get into some very dangerous ground there. For sure. Um, but anyway, let's, let's look at um, two people who uh, deal with this system. And Israel, tell us a little bit more about uh, Jeroboam. Uh, what what kind of king was he? Where did we and we can read the, we can do the passage too, uh, but we're looking at Jeroboam and Hezekiah. I mean, these are two guys that really deal with 
um, Jerusalem, the place where all the offerings were to go towards, and they one messes it up and one restores it, mm-hmm. right? And then there's modern lessons we can get from that. Israel. Yeah, so is, the Israelite kingdom has been split into two, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what we're going to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Israelite kingdom is split into two. Jeroboam becomes the, the king, I think, of the North. northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially Israel's first king now from that split, uh, mm-hmm. that split, I don't want to say empire, but the split, the split kingdom. Yep. The, the story is what, in 1 Kings 12? Yep. In 1 Kings 12, and uh, we can see where, um, and just in my imagination, so you have the north and the yeah. south, mm-hmm. and Jerusalem is in the south. So it's a big threat for the north if all the worshipers leave the north and have to come to the south. So Jeroboam does some reforms to, to accommodate this, this, this inconvenience in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. But it's inconvenience, political inconvenience for him because he's scared, oh, you know, they, their heart's going go to go sure. uh, to, to Judah. Yep. Um, but uh, uh, well, let, let's, let's go there. Let's see what he says. Um, let's go to 1 Kings 12 and verse 26. Mm-hmm. Verse 26, and then Siku, can you read yep. it for us? And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to their Lord Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of mm. Judah. Okay, that's the heart that, that you're talking about there. Uh, that Jonathan, yeah, the, mm-hmm. that, the, that the people's hearts will be, will be changed. Okay, keep going to verse 28. Therefore the king asked advice, made two calves of gold and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set one up, he set up one in Bethel mm-hmm. and the other he put in Dan. Now this, is, now this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places and made priests from every class of people who were not of the sons of Levi. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, verse 29, he sent one in Bethel and one in Dan. Bethel was right on the border between the two yeah. to two, so rather than going into the southern territory, there was stop at the 7-Eleven, yeah. gas stop, and then they'll do a little worship. You don't have to go all the way down south. Mm-hmm. And then Dan's all the way in the north. It's in the North Pole, Canada, Alaska, so you don't have to come down to Tijuana. You can just go up there and, and, and worship there. Very mm-hmm. North, North American-centric. <laughs> North American-centric. All right, so I'm actually replaced Dan. Oh, yeah, it's a North. Yeah. So we can do, um, uh, you know, North Norway, Norway and, like and Italy, Sicily. Sicily yeah. okay. <laughs> and then for Africa, we can do Cairo and Johannesburg. Yes. Sure. All right, we're not going to go around the whole world. Right. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> what, what, what's, 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 let's, let's, uh, Israel, mm-hmm. what can we glean from this passage here? I think the, what sticks out to me the most as we're reading the narrative and uh, as I'm kind of processing is the fact that, first of all, the king is responding to the political climate of his time, yes. you know, and the kingdom of Israel split into two. You now have two kings who are kind of trying to establish themselves as the real chosen people of God. They yes. kind of want to be the ones in control. And so in order for, uh, in order for Jeroboam to be kind of the, 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 the strong ruler of that time, he's thinking to himself, if I don't do something quickly to maintain the power of the people during a very unsteady time, they're going to go down to the other kingdom. Yep. I'm going to lose them. Yep. And so he thinks to himself, what is the best way for me to keep the attention and the trust and the loyalty of the people? Yep. His answer, his solution is to make something easy for them, mm-hmm. to make religion something easy for them mm-hmm. to do. And 
when we started, you know, uh, Siku mentioned that her first episode was one of her favorites. It was definitely one of mine as well. When we first talked about the the uh, the the reason why God gives and 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 the foundations, his philosophical uh, uh, foundations for why he gives. Never in that we discussed that when 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 left to human beings to kind of decide our own systems and structures of giving, we will mess things up. And mm -hmm. this is a prime example of that. You know, if you contrast, for example, the the attitude of Jeroboam with even the attitude of David, mm. right? David was like, th this is, you know, when, when he was given the uh, the offering, the drink offering or whatever. The water. The water, yeah. yeah. He was thinking like, how could I give to God something that I myself has not have not sacrificed? How can I keep that to myself? And he poured it out as an offering to God, right? In other words, David was saying, I cannot give to God something that has had no cost to me, mm. something that has been easy for me to obtain, to me. right? It's something mm. that doesn't cost me something. And now what Jeroboam is doing is he's switching that. Mm -hmm. Make it easy for people to give to God. Make it easy for people to practice religion. Make it easy for people to be Christians. Make it easy for them to be followers of God. And this is exactly what he, what's the result of that? The result of that is apostasy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Easy religion here. Yeah. Uh, I, I see a component here where he has to, Jeroboam that is, he has to either obey scripture and acknowledge Jerusalem as the point where all the, the offerings go, or he doesn't. Or, and, and he has to, it's either his securing of power, as mm -hmm. you mentioned, his will, or sub submitting to God, right? Mm -hmm. And because he secures his own power, that he changes and makes a crazy new religion, right? But the crazy thing is that you mess up the whole entire tithing system, then you mess up, and then because there's no tithe system, then in verse 31, he makes priests from every class of people who mm -hmm. are not of the sons of Levi, and then there's like, there, and, and if you don't have a Le Levitical class, then, then the holidays all change, and all, I mean, it's just like a domino effect, all because of something selfish, a selfish desire that he wanted to treasure. It makes us, I'm thinking in our contemporary day, that we either give to the Lord the way that he has instituted, Right and acknowledge the storehouse and mm -hmm. and or a, a right place to the right person for the right right amount, yeah. or we just do our own system. And if you do that, you have to create your own level of whatever, whatever, and that's you create your own easy religion. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's catastrophic. And I was, I was gonna say it, the sad thing about um, Jeroboam's story is um, the reason why the kingdom split, like the the, the political story behind it, is. Um, the northern tribes come to Rehoboam, who's the new king, who's the son of Solomon, and they're like, there was too heavy of a burden placed on us. Can you relieve this, yeah. right? Yep. And the advice that Rehoboam gets from the older advisors is you should do what they're asking for. This yep. is not an unreasonable request. Give them what they want, and they will serve you forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it was actually Rehoboam's mistake, mm -hmm. you know, that led to this, you know, fr there was this friction, and he failed to handle it correctly. Mm -hmm. After they split off, um, Rehoboam mobilizes his people. They want to go and attack the northern tribes. And God says, don't. Mm -hmm. Don't go attack them. Like, leave them alone. So essentially, God was like, you know, leave it. As, you messed up already. Just leave it, mm -hmm. you know. If I wonder what would, happen, what would have happened if Jeroboam had trusted in God as opposed to taking matters into his own hands, mm -hmm. right? Because the split happened because of an injustice that they were experiencing. Yes. If he had put his case in the hands of God to handle the situation as opposed to going, well, now I need to secure my own power, um, what, what maybe could God have done in that situation? 
Yeah. But because of fear, you know, he, it was self-focused. He was fearful of losing power, hanging on to power. It was politically motivated. Um, and these changes to the religious system happen as a result of that kind of an attitude. The way I read the story, it's just, it sprung from a lack of trust in God on mm -hmm. the part of Jeroboam. Mm -hmm. And then it has these huge ramifications for all these tribes of Israel. And I think about, you know, my personal life, what lack of faith or lack, what lack of trust can I have in God and what are the ramifications that it can have on all these people that are within my sphere of influence. Yeah. And on the, on the reverse side, and we're going to talk about Hezekiah, I guess, but having a trust in God, you know, and having a personal regard for God, what, what ramifications positive can that have for yeah. other people? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, <clears throat> in a way, I was thinking, trying to think of examples of what are some examples today that would be similar in that way? You know, sometimes we might feel there's an injustice or something we, we, we don't feel great about when it comes to the church. And so we feel like, you know what, I'm just gonna do my own thing mm -hmm. yeah. or I'm gonna split away. I mean, some people go as far as like, starting their own, you know, denomination or yeah. shoot, or offshoot or whatever you wanna call it. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm not gonna give tithe back to this church anymore exactly. because just, they messed up. Yeah, and they might be right. You, you, mm. you said it right, Rehoboam was, you know, yeah. make, he was wrong yeah. in the way he yeah. dealt with this. But God is calling us to a faithfulness that goes beyond the, the injustice we might perceive by the entities that God inst instituted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, now, this is not to say, okay, that, that it doesn't make it right what uh, Jer uh, Rehoboam does. And should be held accountable. It should be held accountable. However, God says, trust me, mm -hmm. and I can make things right. Yeah. I will make things right. And sometimes it might take a while. You might have to endure for a little while, but trust the process and, you know, you want, Follow God's will, follow God's word, even when it sometimes hurts. Yeah. And you will be blessed as the, as the outcome is gonna come. Yeah, and I, I grew up just with lots of problems with church. I, yeah. I grew up very cynical against the church. Yes. The irony is like, I, I am now <laughs> working for the church. Same. Uh, but the understanding that there's two components, like I mentioned before, yeah. that there is that personal devotion to God, mm. and there is that the institutional usage of, that, of those finances, that, that I give to the Lord and that's it. That's, that's my responsibility to God, right? Mm -hmm. And then it should the funds be misused, that is God's vengeance is gonna be upon those leaders, mm -hmm. right? And we say that, we, we studied that in, in Romans 12, was it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, but if I don't, if I withhold that tithe, that that vengeance is gonna be given to the leaders and yeah. to me, mm. right? So why, why place myself in that? Mm -hmm. At the same time, as uh, we have opportunity and are called to positions of constituencies or accountability. We do hold those leaders accountable, but ultimately mm -hmm. that's that's also a human in, uh, endeavor anyway. Yeah. We leave that in God's hand. For after all, it is His His work, His project, that's His right. His His thing. That's yeah. right. What this spoke to me, it spoke to me from the angle of family. You know, like really the 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 problem that actually uh, where where it starts off, as Sika was saying earlier on, it, it traces back to Rehoboam, right? Mm -hmm. Which Actually, even before it traces to Rehoboam, it traces to Solomon, Solomon. right? Like Solomon, and then David, and yeah, Saul. yeah, right, right, and then Adam, <laughs> and Eve, right? yeah, Adam, yeah. But 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 really, like but yeah, the, okay. the majority of the problems that the kings face yep. is really rooted in the fact that Solomon did not leave a very good legacy mm. of leadership, mm. right? Mm. And and the reason why this is so important is because out of all people, Solomon was the richest. Mm. He, you know, he was, he, he had, he had been, 
he had received the greatest of God's blessings, not only financially, but intellectually. Mm -hmm. I mean, in every facet of his life, his, he had a kingdom of peace. And so I think what, what, what this does as a father, Solomon, in trying to uh, exercise the will of God and trying to be a superintendent of his gifts mm. with his own human wisdom, as great as that wisdom was, goes to show that he ruined things for future generations mm -hmm. to come. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He misused God's money. He misused the gifts that God gave him. And he passed on that legacy down to his children. Mm -hmm. And so what that tells me is that as a, as a parent, as a father, I'm not just leaving a legacy for my children through what I speak or through, uh, you know, spirituality, through the study of the Word of God, through morning and evening worships, through uh, wise counsel from Scripture, through church attendance. But I leave a legacy to my children based on how res I, I respond to what I perceive are problems in the church mm -hmm. and how I relate those problems to, to, to my kids and how I try to solve those problems. Like if I, as a parent, uh, start withdrawing my money from the church because I feel like it's messing up. I am passing on a legacy mm -hmm. of leadership to my children that will later on cause chaos mm -hmm. for God's people and ultimately the destruction of an entire nation. Wow. That, that, is, that, is, heavy. that is heavy. That's sober. That's sober. Uh, a, a Jeroboam from this point on all throughout the, I think it was in the Kings, mm -hmm. it always been, always is referred to the one that made Israel to sin. The one that, mm -hmm. so like even grandkids and, and generations afterwards. And by the way, he was the son of Jeroboam. The one who made Israel to sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's there's, a, there's also a, a reputational legacy yeah. there. Now we, let's go to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah is the one that, that there is hope, right? We're not locked into that. I love what you said before mm -hmm. that that run righteousness is not genetic. Basically, it's we're not we don't receive that. Uh, we have to repeat the mistakes of our forefathers. Exactly. And there is hope, as we see in, in Hezekiah. Jonathan, share with us more. You mentioned a lot about Hezekiah in the previous episode, mm -hmm. but here he's restoring. Yeah. What? So Hezekiah, who was the son of Ahaz, who we, in our previous episode talked about, Ahaz was one of the worst kings ever. Yes. Total demon worship, all that stuff. And Hezekiah came out of that and responded with faithfulness to God. He says, we will put our trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And everything that his father had built up as far as apostasy, yeah. Hezekiah breaks down and replaces with true worship. True, He, he restores it. Mm -hmm. He restores the temple. Uh, he, he restores um, uh, the, 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 the temple service. Mm -hmm. uh, he breaks down the high altars and he brings revival and reformation to his people by instituting the, 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 you know, the Passover and the different celebrations. And later on, we see his faithfulness, uh, you know, when, he, when he's pressed from Assyria and so on, and mm -hmm. God does incredible miracles. Mm -hmm. um, and so, as he restores the temple worship, he also restores the, the process of giving. And we see a direct correlation between God's people returning tithe and offering, trusting you know, acknowledging God and, and putting a trust in His way that He had instituted in Deuteronomy mm -hmm. um, and a, a direct relation between that and the prosperity uh, of, of God's people because they're making God their God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and so... And I would go a step further yeah. than that. It's just not just prosperity of God's people, right. but uh, through the temple being restored, the offerings are restored, offerings being restored, the Levites are restored. Yes. Levites restored now can be teachers yep. of righteousness throughout. Exactly. And if the teaching then causes righteousness to be out in the nation, the nation can now be mm -hmm. the witness they can be to all the nations. So it's this, yes. it's not just one thing, like just, no, it has a, a this circular, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's all circular systemic mm -hmm. uh, for for God's will. Uh, how 
can we today choose to be uh, Jeroboam's or Hezekiah's mm. in, our, in, our, in our immediate context? Mm -hmm. How do we do that? On a day-to-day, -day, I mean, week-to-week week basis. Oh, Siku, go ahead, Siku. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, uh, for, for me, it relates to the comment that I made earlier about mm -hmm. a trust relationship with God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we see the, these huge ramifications of, of people's actions, but it really starts at a personal level. And you spoke about the, the episode where you're talking about vows. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a very personal thing. Yeah, you have witnesses and people witness to it and see it and keep you accountable. But it's between me and God and I make this commitment to Him. And having mm -hmm. that relationship, and a, a living relationship with God mm -hmm. that is vivified by His Word, right? Mm -hmm. And it's sustained by His Word. That is the, the beginning of it uh, from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, um, I'm thinking of Jeroboam and, and his decision to make religion easier. Mm -hmm. uh, are there aspects of my walk with the Lord where I'm trying to make things easier for myself or for, you know, for whoever is it, you know, whether it's Sabbath keeping or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, any, any religious activity, um, am I making it easy for myself mm -hmm. uh, because of whatever, you know, thinking, thought experiment I can put up there and think, oh, this, this is okay, you know, it's still the same in principle, mm -hmm. uh, or am I following the Word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes uh, I, I think our brain kind of tends to want to make it easier. We want, always want to do it simpler and easier. And uh, I want to I want to kind of uh, take a step back and look, are there some reforms that maybe need to be made in my life, in my family, in the way I lead my family? Um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's what I take from Jeroboam mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two things mm -hmm. stick out to me yep. uh, within the story of, of Hezekiah. Number one is the restoration of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. he went back and he essentially caused a revival to take place. Mm -hmm. And I think that living in a constant state of revival in my life is critical. Yes. You know, needing, needing to come back and not being satisfied where I am in my Christian experience, but going back and yeah. reevaluating my life. Am I really living a genuine Christian experience mm -hmm. or am I just doing these things because, you know, they make me feel good? I think the most practical element that stuck out to me as we were talking about this whole thing was the fact that he's restoring the house of God. Mm. Mm. And, mm. you know, what does that say to me in, in today's context? After the pandemic, you know, we've been, everything's online. I give online, I, I go to church online. And, and, and then the house of God, the physical house of God, is just being destroyed. People are not coming to church. People are not supporting it. The church is crumbling down in a physical structure. And for me, what that spoke to me of was the fact that, and I've been, I've been going to, you know, in-person church or whatever, but, <laughs> but, 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 um, but I did skip, I did skip the work be, you know, to be here. <laughs> so, so uh -oh. it's just the, the, the restoration of the house of God, the people of God being there and helping to restore people's lives mm. instead of uh, standing afar off and just watching the house of God crumble. Yeah. There's the actual physical house of God, but then you also have the actual work of God. Mm. And I'm thinking that in, in, the, in the New Testament dispensation, we have that God is always in the act of saving the entire world. And yes. He uses the church to do that. Mm -hmm. He uses the, the teachers and preachers. Yes. And so our devotional offering is also the means by which the gospel work is finished. Locally and globally. Locally, globally, regionally. And uh, we, we need to be partakers of that. That yeah. is not only are we in our, in our personal one-to-one -one witness, but in our giving, we, mm -hmm. we sustain 
uh, a class of preachers and teachers for the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to encourage you to take the gospel message, the gospel commission seriously, that it's not only in terms of your giving, but in terms of your, your financial sustenance and loyalty to God's plan to save the world in the last days, which we believe is housed in the church. Uh, God bless you guys. Hopefully this has been a, a wonderful conversation. It's open to different avenues. And whether uh, if you're a Jeroboam, get out of there and, and get into Hezekiah's court. Uh, stay with us as we continue our quarter on giving, making God first and giving back to him. God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.